0: All right, we're live. What's going on? What's up? I know you can be anywhere else right now, so thank you for joining me. Hundred and tenth installment of the Unplugged Alpha podcast series. We're talking about paths to wealth. Those that are, those that aren't. I um, I sometimes post on the community tab and just ask uh, you know the channel what you guys want to hear me make more content on, and I've had people say often stop talking about uh, the gals and relationships. Let's talk about some money. How do we make it? What do we avoid doing to avoid making it? Not making it the right way, the wrong way, all this kind of stuff. So a couple of announcements, first of all, before we get started. Um, You should be on my email list. If you are not, please get on my email list. That's where we can stay connected. Um, They can take me off any platform at any given time. If I'm on that email list, I can still communicate with you and say, hey, I'm over here now. Uh, I also send special offers to my email list. And the School of Entrepreneurship does open up at the end of the month on uh, November 1st. It's going to kick off. So somewhat relevant to today's topic about Pass to Wealth. I'll deal with that next week, uh, closer to the launch of that uh, program. Um, the program's been around for a while now. I've uh, got a ton of students in it. I have to update the landing page, but um, it'll get updated with some testimonials and a few other things. But Yeah, keep an eye open for that if you're interested in learning more about uh, the ins and outs of uh, becoming an entrepreneur, what to do, what not to do, and all that. But again, we'll talk about that next week. I also have a podcast uh, interview lined up tomorrow on entrepreneurs and cars uh, with Mike from Accelerate, the YouTube channel, uh, which is primarily geared around car reviews. Uh, I met Mike at a rally in the summertime. He was driving a Tesla model plaid. Which I thought was interesting because it's not typically the best car for a rally. They're quite heavy, and you do have to wait for uh, your battery to top up between charges. So, whereas you know we're in and out in four or five minutes, he's he's got a played slightly different strategy. But he's also a roofer. He also is a real estate developer in North America and in Colombia. Uh, he has a men's group. He brings guys down to Colombia and gets them set up down there. So kind of a bit of a passport bro. So. Uh, loads and loads of stuff to uh, talk about with him tomorrow. And we're on at 11 a.m. So that'll be on the Entrepreneurs and Cars channel, Plane to Win podcast series. Right. So let's get into uh, paths to wealth uh, and paths that aren't. I guess the first thing we should talk about is paths that aren't going to get you uh, wealthy or rich. And I'm going to save you years of wasting your time because I spent the better part of the first 30 odd years of my life making the mistakes that just about everybody makes. Um, I don't know, when did I start working? I think I was, I was about nine years old, maybe eight or something paper route. You know, my dad said, uh, cause I wanted an allowance cause all my friends got an allowance and you know, they were getting 25 cents, 50 cents a week. Uh, obviously dating myself. Yes. I'm a, a seasoned gentleman, a little bit older, but, um, Yeah, he wasn't about that. And he's like, yeah, if you want to make some money, then go out and make it. Shovel driveways, cut grass, uh, you know, go deliver papers. And he set me up with this route. And I remember very vividly they were paying like half a cent per delivery to the house. Uh, I didn't think it was possible to get half a cent for doing something. But literally from walking from one house to another house, from one door to another, they paid half a cent to drop that thing on the front porch. So I started early. Um, I think I got my first part-time job in high school, um, or leading up to it, probably grade eight. Grocery store bagging carry a boy, you know, getting uh, shopping carts and stuff like that, and they were paying about two sixty-five, two dollars sixty-five cents an hour. Uh, so you, you know, these are all hourly gigs, right? And the plan at the time was, you know, you would do these things, but you didn't have any expenses as a kid. You didn't have to pay for food or rent or mortgages or utilities or any of these things. You just made the money, and you kept it. Only I didn't because my parents forced me to pay rent by the time I was about 15. They called it rent, but it was more of a contribution to the household. At the end of the day, uh, they gave me some money as a small down payment towards my first house. So I probably got everything back that I paid them in my teen years. So, um, you know, it's a wash in that sense, but at the end of the day, um, yeah, I didn't really have that much left over, but it, but it did pile up. And then this notion of oh now I've got some money starting to accumulate whether it was a hundred dollars and you get to your first hundred dollars you get to your first thousand dollars you get to your first two thousand dollars you know and so on and so forth then you know the notion of wealth being created starts to conjure up ideas in your head and uh, that's not kind of really how it works out though right. Uh, because even as I progress through making more and more hourly, and as you make more and more here in Canada, they tax you on a sliding scale. So the lowest tax rate, uh, I think it's under thirty-five thousand right now, maybe forty thousand or something like that. It was probably closer to twenty-six or twenty-eight thousand when I was a young man. Um, the lowest tax rate, they barely tax you. You know, you pay almost nothing in taxes, and they start to stack the tax rate higher and higher the more you make more money. So, you know, that was like. One of the first red pilling moments for me, you know, unplugging from those lies was, yeah, chase excellence and make more money and you'll always have more money. Only you didn't, because the more money you made, the more they would tax you, which is funny as hell, because I'm the guy that says chase excellence, not women. But the government itself, the way that they've structured the taxation system Is they've structured it in such a way that they discourage you from chasing excellence because the more money you make, the more money you pay in taxes. So you arguably have to work harder. And I mean, there's ways to work smarter, obviously, but you have to work harder to earn more of that money and keep it and deal with it in in a more intelligent way as you start to accumulate it. So I guess by my 20s, I started to realize, you know, I had. More than one car at that time. I'd gone through a a couple of cars. I was probably on my second or third motorcycle by then. Uh, I was riding sport bikes. So summertime with sport bikes. Wintertime, I had a car. car was usually a piece of shit. Uh, The sport bikes was where all the fun was had. And I think um, I was in England for four or five months because my parents went back. I was about 21, 22 or something like that. Didn't like it there. And I came back to Canada, got another job. Job, by the way, is an acronym. J-O-B stands for just over broke. Never forget that. Whenever you go out there and you get a job anywhere, it's engineered, and I think more so today than any other time in history, because you can go back to my granddad's era and my great granddad's era, and for them, they had a very, very nice life, uh, comparatively speaking to today's uh, inflation adjusted with a nice house paid off for, a family, everything was taken care of, uh, my, uh, Nana on my, uh, dad's side, you know, so my grandmother in the UK would have stayed home. Uh, she didn't work, uh, great grandfather as well. So arguably back then you could have a job. uh, you'd stay with the same company. Like my granddad, you know, for example, he worked with the Royal air force for pretty much forever. Uh, and then when he did his, uh, his time and he was able to get out and retire and get his pension, he started doing random things. He opened up a, a pub and a few other things like that. Um, but they live quite well back then, comparatively speaking to today. So having a job, again, just over broke, is really just over broke today. Um, there are certain jobs that do pay well. I'll be completely honest with you, and I'll get into pass that create wealth in a moment. But for example, um I do a lot of private consults. Um, if you guys are interested, you know, you can find my stuff on the website at richcooper.ca. But um my rate's quite high, so the kind of guys that I deal with are usually entrepreneurs, uh, tech guys, engineers, block lawyers, doctors, athletes. I've even dealt with some politicians and uh, B and C level like um, actors and stuff like that. <clears throat> and one of the things that you know became quite noticeable when you're dealing with these guys is the way that they structure their lives and manage their money and their cash flow. And everything sort of tied around that is is exponentially different. Like um, an engineer, for example, that might work at one of the Fang companies. If you don't know what Fang is, it's like uh, what is it? Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google. It's F A A N G. So it's a common acronym known in the tech world. And some of these guys they'll make eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars a year, like as an employee, is having a job, like a job. So, so there's some exceptions to the rule, right? So. I'll get into the paths that do create wealth in a moment, but the vast majority of the ones that you're going to find, like 95, 90% of the stuff out there where you see these reports in the news and the media or social media and, you know, they're all, oh, the job numbers are up. There's more jobs than ever before. There's more people, you know, employed than ever before, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but they're still broke as shit, right? The even with the minimum wage going up, I don't even know what it is today right now here. It's probably about 15 bucks an hour or something like that. It depends on the province. But, you know, again, when I was a kid, it was like 275. So in and around 15 bucks, you know, we'll call it. These kids, they don't have, I'm calling them kids, but you know, these young men and women, they don't have enough money to really live in the kind of way that they want. That's why you see, you know, young girls today turning to things like OnlyFans to sell pictures of themselves to creeps online, or sims, you know, we'll just call them sims, uh, you know, to sims online uh, to try to, you know, pay bills and make ends meet, or they'll get sugar daddies and they'll go and get involved with older guys or whatever. And a lot of these guys, you know, they're they're struggling, you know? And the hustle with a, a job, J-O-B, just over broke, generally doesn't cut it for most people. Um, I had a conversation briefly with a guy in one of my junior... Communities, and there's a challenge that came up, and some of you guys watching right now might be in that in that group, um, and it's a fitness challenge. And moff is organizing, and he's like, you know, we need everybody to buy in, and then, you know, the pocket paid out sort of thing. And there's always, you know, like a more unseasoned guy, a junior guy. He's in his early 20s, and he's like, well, it's 100 bucks to buy. Well, you know, let me do it next week when I got my paycheck. And it's like, for fuck's sake, you know. Trying to organize these things and put it together and not being able to scrape together like a hundred bucks to me is a huge red flag. There's something wrong in your life if you have to wait till the next paycheck. Um, You know, if somebody says to me that's in... One of my more senior tiers, where guys are, are, are seasoned or should at least be seasoned, and have their life sorted out, they're into their 30s and 40s, and they say something like, "Yeah, you know, I want to come to your conference, Rich, but I gotta, I gotta wait till like November 10th or something like that. I'll grab a ticket then." It's like, wrong room, you know. Um, the The indicator to you should be your ability to buy your purchasing power, your ability to maneuver ability to make choices and decisions, your ability to acquire things, to buy yourself in the room, uh, you know, to take the vacations you want, to take the time off you want, to drive the car that you want. There's so many guys out there right now that are living paycheck to paycheck. They're just over broke job. And, you know, they're thinking that if I just work a little bit more, if I have a little extra uh, income somewhere, a side hustle, if I go drive Uber or Lyft or something like that, I looked at the economics of Uber and Lyft um, when that came out. I was I was genuinely interested, right? Like I'm like, huh, that's interesting. You know, we have this decentralized economy now, where the gatekeepers to certain industries have all been removed. If you want to publish a book, you can do it on Amazon. I did, right? I didn't need I didn't need the help of any publisher to put this out there, and I sold I don't know 150,000 like. Lots and lots of copies of this shit. Like there's loads of these copies out there and I didn't need anybody's permission. I just did it. I put it on there. I mean, you know, you have a guy on Fiverr, you know, do the design. you want to start up a podcast, you can upload it to Spotify. You want to start up a taxi company, you can get a car and drive for Uber sort of thing. Um, You want to become a hotelier, uh, acquire some property and put it on Airbnb and rent it out, right? There's, there's, There's gatekeepers in the past that have been dismissed. They've been removed. Um, you want to start up, start up a TV show, YouTube, you don't have to go to a, a cable station and do any of that stuff anymore. So again, the gatekeepers are gone. So it's looking at this, you know, this notion of Lyft and Uber. And it's the weirdest thing ever because they hold out to the public that, you know, you work your own hours, you create your own freedom, blah, blah, blah. And God bless the drivers that do it because it's, because it's so convenient. You know, to just open an app and push a button and they're there in three minutes and you get a ride to where you need to go and it's see you later. And I tipped them a lot more money than I did when the app first opened it up because I realized, fuck, these guys aren't making it much at all. Like, you have to take care of the maintenance, the gas, the insurance, the wear and tear in the vehicle. You're doing all the oil changes when the tires need to get changed. You're taking care of that. You know, these are all things you have to manage. You know, if there's shitty seasons in the winter time, then you have to swap out summer tires or all seasons for winter tires, you know, like here in Canada. So the model to make money off something like that, it just doesn't add up. You've only got 24 hours in a day. You're going to be sleeping somewhere between six to nine of them, depending on how old you are and how much sleep you need. So a good chunk of your day is spent in a bed. And then you've got to spend, you know, the other parts of your day, obviously working Commuting to work. If you have to go to and from work, um, then you got to eat. You got to, you know, have some social time and some fun time and some entertainment. It's like you—you you literally run out of hours in the day if there's only 24 of them. Trying to chase money here and there with jobs. Oh, you know, I've got my daytime thing, and then I'm going to do Uber in the morning before work, and then Lyft after after work, whatever. I'll log into both the apps. I'll pick the best rides during the busiest times. Da, da, da. That is not the path to wealth. That is a path to mid that is a path to complying with their agenda and keeping you in a place where they want you see the thing that people don't understand is and i don't know if they engineer this on purpose or not you know to say that they engineer this on purpose is almost giving the state the government credit for creating this environment today because i genuinely think most of the stuff that happens in government is 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 pretty up and stupid <clears throat> so you know, to say that they've engineered it might be giving them too much credit. But again, it it is in fact engineered in such a way. Like debt, for example, for those of you who have been for a while, it I, you know, I got my start in credit collections world. Started up uh, one of Canada's most successful debt settlement companies. Ran that for twenty years. Did it earn out, buy it. My brother takes care of it now. The company still runs. Um, in fact, I have it in the ad reel. You know, I mentioned it. You know, toward the end of the video, right? If you have debt, check this out. So, It's been around, you know, for ages. And I'm very, very familiar with financial instruments like debt and credit and how they get people in a position where they're locked in. You see, creditors and financial institutions generally don't target older people for new credit. They target younger people. Why? Because you're in your 20s. You're maybe 19 or something like that. And they hit on you early, so they get these credit facilities in your pocket. So you have these cards, and you're like, oh, shit. I, like, I remember the first card that I got, was 19 or 20 or something like that. And it was a GM visa, right? And my thinking at the time was, oh, if I just use a credit card for anything my coffees, and like anytime I got to buy anything, put gas in shit ship or anything like that, and then the points will add up to be enough where I can knock off Twenty or $30,000 off the purchase of the Corvette, right? That was my answer. You know, I'm that card guy. <laughs> I think I must have used that card for eight or nine years. And I never carry a balance on my credit cards. I don't know how to use them. But they added maybe $2,100 worth of points you know, to the card. Corvette at the time was probably eighty or $85,000 when I was looking at it. You know, in the 20s, that's probably what I was looking at. But it never made any sense, right? So they encourage you to use these things, collect your points, you know, get a, a couple things like that. You don't get enough points to fly for free unless you're spending a lot of money on right? Like at this stage in my life, I get enough points to fly for free and shit. In my 20s, I didn't. But they sell you the notion of you have more money than you You know, you're wealthier than you appear to be. You are, da, da, da. And then people get lazy. And they make mistakes or they or they haven't been educated by their parents. Like my parents are European and they hammered it into me at a young age. You know, be responsible, pay your bills on time. Like even when I got the credit card, you know, my dad sat like he's like, you can't care balance, you can't be paying this 19% interest is so dumb. Make sure you pay it off like full on education, right? Most people don't get that right? They're just handed a card. It's like just make the minimum monthly payment, everything will be fine all of a sudden, you know, you get yourself in a situation where you have a job, you're just over broke, you're working somewhere. It doesn't matter where it is. I don't care if it's the front desk of an insurance company, you work in a call center, whatever it happens to be, the vast majority of jobs out there are going to get you just over broke. We'll talk about the ones that don't in a minute. That's the reality of the world that we live in. It's been engineered by employers, by creditors by the government to keep you in a position where you're spinning on the treadmill of life. My dad called it the rat race, right? It's funny because my dad's a a genuinely good man. And in many regards, he's good at being a man. He's not the most alpha dude. Like I I didn't learn any of the uh, scheduled traits that I talk about, you know, any of the unplugged. This is all shit that I had to figure out for myself. He was a yes man, still is a yes man, you know, for the most part, marriage, with the exception of the conversations I've had with him to sort of straighten out. But, you know, he, he uh, you know, he always said, you know, like the North American job market, J-O-B, uh, is essentially a rat race. And you're on this treadmill, and you're always running. And you can't really ever get off. That's one of the reasons why he wanted to go back to England. Personally, I don't think England is much better. But, you know, He's English, so he yeah, has to like from that sound uh, uh, or regard. How's my audio? The audio is cutting out. Let me give it a little more. It could be my voice. I'm a, I've got a little bit of a, a cold and it's, it's, it's cracking on me. So I'll try to get closer to the mic. Is it better now? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so there's that. Um, again, like you aren't ever going to get rich working for somebody else. You know, Another very important lesson that I learned, you know as well too was there's two ways to create wealth in the world. I learned this from my mom. She's Greek. She spent most of her youth growing up throughout the Mediterranean. She's very well traveled Egypt, uh, Lebanon, Cyprus, Greece. Um, my grandfather had a shoe factory in Egypt. Um, she speaks like five languages. So um, a woman of that part of the world, you know, one of the things that she recognized and instilled in me when I was a young man was, there's two ways to get rich. There's, there's, there's two ways to create money. She said, either money makes you money. And think of somebody with an accent. saying this. She said, money either makes you money or people will make you money. Meaning if you accumulate a vast amount of money and you invest it correctly, you will make like that money will have sex with the, with the other money that's there and multiply it with more money. That's what interest is basically. Right. Or create some sort of a business and have people make you money. Now, I think the notion of hiring people to make you money is for the most part, a long gone thing. And I'll talk more about that when I get into the School of Entrepreneurship next week when we talk about that, because I'm not the biggest fan of employing people anymore. In fact, anything that I've done going forward since 2014 uh, has not involved any payroll employees. And I'll explain why when, when I get into that show. Um so these things are all moving targets so pay very very close attention and take your notes on this again jobs just over broke will not do it do it for a short period of time There's certain scenarios where it may be advantageous to do it like for example um i didn't know that i was going to start up a debt settlement company but the fact that i worked in credit collections for I don't know what was it eight nine ten years somewhere between eight and uh, ten years but for the most part of my twenties I learned the industry like the back of my hand right I started as you know the guy in the phone in the call center became a supervisor became a branch manager uh, ended up doing all of my reporting into the vice president in the region got to spend some time mentoring with the president of the company so I got involved in all kinds of programs there so. As you sort of climb the corporate ladder, like if you're going to work at J-O-B, climb the corporate ladder for fuck's sake, like make sure your, your opportunity to progress and move up occurs. It may not always occur within the same company. Sometimes you have to leave that company to go to a competitor to get paid what you're worth. There's an old saying that employers use and it's one business owner speaking to another business owner and they say, how much do you pay an employee? And the answer is as little as possible. That is the angle that the employer approaches it from. I need to pay this guy as, as little as I possibly can because I have overhead, rent, I'm, I have a building I have to pay for mortgage, insurance, ENO, accounting department, legal fees. Like they have all of these expenses and there has to be profit there for them. So the angle for most employers is pay people as little as they possibly have to. That's why you see a lot of these corporations now Um, like McDonald's, for example, announced in the last uh, year or so that they're opening up locations that are fully automated. They don't need anybody flipping burgers, putting fries in the fryer. It's all robotic, 24-7. Nobody calls in sick. Nobody gets pregnant. Nobody's fucking anybody and complaining to HR. There's none of that stuff. They deal with none of the uh, deleterious consequences of having employees in the organization. And they've been running this experiment, and I think what you're gonna see is more and more locations, either retrofitted or converted, or all new locations are gonna be robotic. Um, I don't know if it'll all be drive-through, you walk in or whatever, you push a button and some shit will pop up through a fucking escalator or an elevator, and it's like, here's your fries and Happy Meal or whatever. So you, you're gonna start seeing more and more of that, which is gonna lead to more automation, more robotics, and fewer people working. And then you've got these socialists in the government that are saying, keep raising minimum wage. And then employers are like, fuck that. I can't pay you know somebody 25 bucks to flip a burger. That means it's going to cost somebody coming to my restaurant, you know, $30 for a burger and the inflation just keeps driving it up. So, you know, this whole vicious cycle of what goes on with government policy versus companies trying to respond to it to make a profit, because make no mistake, you're a publicly traded company. Your job is to return a profit. You have a fiduciary duty to return a profit to your shareholders. You cannot fuck that up. If you fuck that up, you lose shareholders. You lose market share. Your stock price drops. You as a CEO, the C-suite jobs in that realm ain't going to be sitting in those seats next year. It is what it is. <clears throat> Still capping out like you're yelling and it's cutting you off. What the fuck is going on with this thing? Hang on, Let me check the plug here. Maybe this is loose. No, it's all in place. Could just be StreamYard. Um, I'm in IT. I would unplug it and restart it to fix it. (laughs) Isn't that how IT fixes everything? You call up, you know, the phone company. Hey, my modem's not working. Well, did you unplug it and restart it? Oh, okay. Could be a bad connection tonight, guys. I'm sorry, but I can't uh, pause this halfway through the show and restart the whole thing. It is what it is. Anyway, so the point being, these are not real paths to wealth. And I'm going to get to uh, the ones that are in a moment. Let me just grab the invite link because I want to make sure I have time for Q&A for tonight. So we'll drop that here. Call in and ask a... Now, I'm not going to do this Q&A right now. i got another 20-odd minutes of stuff to cover, but I just want to drop the link there so you guys can get in. Get in early because um, there's always somebody that comes in late and wants to ask a question in the uh, Um What the hell is going on here with this? YouTube puts this freaking emoji thing, this heart that keeps popping up when I try to pin something to the top. Freaking annoying pin message. There we go. Yeah, if that doesn't work, a hammer does a trick. <laughs> yeah, I know. Heck, right? Um just check the chat here to see if you guys had any questions. Yeah, the noise gate is a bit too high. I don't know what's going on with the audio here on this uh, streaming podcast. Apologies, ladies and gentlemen, but it is what it is. Um. Anyway. So let's talk about paths to wealth. Let's talk about the upside. Because as we know, you will never, like, again, guys, the day that our grandfathers and great-grandfathers lived in where they could go to a warehouse and spend 35 years screwing caps on the toothpaste tubes, they'll get a gold watch at retirement, and they go home and get a pension, everything's fine, they're gone. Jobs don't pay well for the most part. Now, that's the 90, 95% of them out there. There's a few small jobs that do pay quite well. I'll get into that right now. So there's really six paths to wealth in my estimation. Get a pen and write these down. These are also going in the follow-up to my Unplugged Alpha book. So the next book that's coming out early next year in an expanded chapter with more explanations, but I'm going to run them down for you here. Um, the first is C-suite jobs. So let's talk about my mentor at the credit and collection uh, company. who was the president of the company. I was assigned to him. I think he picked me, actually, if I'm not mistaken, because we had a manager's meeting and everybody was assigned a mentor. And a, you know, there was a mentor and mentees kind of, uh deal. And I would go to his office, you know, top floor of the building uh, once a week for two hours on a Friday or something like that. And this was for like 10 or 10 weeks. It was awesome because I got to actually sit there with a guy that started out in an in industry or similar industry that I was currently working in 25 years prior. So you have the understanding you look there and there's a big room, there's a fucking telescope in the corner, looking up at the sky. Massive fucking desk made out of mahogany or cherry or something, it's 27 feet wide and all that. Beautiful, you know, setup. I don't know what they were comping the guy, I would imagine pretty close to seven figures. Um, and that was back in the day, which was quite a lot of money. And you know, genuinely nice guy, open to having the conversations. I'd ask him how he got started. What did you do? How did he get promoted? Um, you know, what does he see as my strengths and weaknesses? and He was asking me questions. We had a great rapport going back and forth, uh, enjoyed it. So this is one of the benefits that you can get if you're working at J-O-B. Look for opportunities within the organization to be useful. The big problem that I see most people do when it comes to uh, corporations and trying to climb the corporate ladder and advancements and all this sort of thing Um, even in my world, like, you know, as an entrepreneur, I get a lot of, Hey, you know, can I pick your brain? Can I buy you a coffee and pick your brain? No motherfucker. I can buy my own coffee and I'm going to sit there for 30 minutes while you ask me questions that I've already answered probably in my book or videos or something like that. When I could be billing, you know, five grand an hour for my time privately. Um, when guys at this level here, can I pick your brain? What they basically hear is, can I steal your time and pick your pocket? Right, Um, time is money, time is valuable. So you want to look for opportunities within an organization, if you're in it with opportunity, with with scale, hundreds of employees, you know, for example, hey, is there a mentorship program? Can I, you know, can I uh, get time with the vice president, with the president, with the regional, whoever, with the whatever, so I can advance my career, right? You express interest in these things to the appropriate people. And they want to hear that from you, believe it or not. Like, I think when I was running my debt business, I think I had one guy and I must've hired, I don't know, 60 or 70 people during that period of uh, time. I had one guy out of the bunch that said to me, hey Rich, can I, you know, can I work after hours? Can I come in the weekend? You know, is there something, you know, that I can be be doing that would be useful? So, you know, I can get some mentorship from you, sort of thing. Not a lot of people think about this, and it's an exceptional way to get into the first role, which is a true path to wealth, which is a C-suite job, C CEO, CFO, CTO. Doesn't matter what it is, COO, anything, chief something officer, right? Whether you're in finance, technology, whatever it happens to be, executive, um, C-suite jobs pay a lot of money. The larger the organization, with the greater the revenue, the more money you'll get paid. Now, it's a pyramid. There's one guy at the top, or if you take like you know the top triangle of the pyramid, there's one there's CEO, CFO, COO, CTO, like four or five, let's, let's say, main C-suite jobs. So there's five out of an organization that might have, you know, 400... Uh, people that work for it, right? So it's very, very small. But those jobs are only available to the ones that put in the time and they do the work and they put in the extra hours and they ask the questions. How can I be useful? They over-deliver. They bring more value to the company than anybody else, and it is known, it is obvious to all the powers that be that this is happening. Now, while you're doing that, you're aligning their goal because you're working like fucking crazy. The extra time you're asking questions, you're helping out other people. Uh, you're usually, you know, at least 1.5 to two times more productive than the average employee in the company. I would say aim for at least two times, maybe three times more productive. You need to put yourself out there to make yourself known. Like this is how you ascend into these positions. They just don't hand them out at the front door and go, "Oh, uh, you're an entitled person, so let me give this to you." Right? It doesn't work that way. Uh, Never going to work that way, even even with quotas and agendas and all this other bullshit they got going on today. It's never going to go that way. <clears throat> so that's the first one. C-suite jobs, true path to wealth, right? Uh, the next one is a licensed professional. Licensed professional could be um, doctor, lawyer, accountant, uh, licensed with uh, you know financial instruments, do loans, investments, products, uh, insurance. Um, even real estate, you know, some degree, but that's more in like high ticket sales, but, um, anything that's a licensed professional to perform a certain task with a governing body. Like if you become a lawyer uh, here in Ontario, you've got the upper Canada law society that governs your uh, practices. Um, doctors have a similar governing body. So all of these things exist. Um, they pay really well, you know, like, um, and a, an orthodontist, the dentist, like like top tier, uh, $500,000 to a year. Uh, could be a little bit more in the States, probably a little bit less in Canada. By the way, you get paid a lot less for professional jobs in Canada versus the States. So if you're considering a career with a professional designation, my advice is to move to the States. Find a way to get your ass south of the border and work in the States. The tax rate is lower and they pay a fuck ton more. And the cost of living is a lot lower in the state. So, you know, public service announcement tip there. Next one. Um, I call this category uh, people that command an audience. Okay. That uh, can be an actor, a musician, uh, an athlete, and even an influencer, as dorky as that sounds. But anybody that has the attention of an audience. Um, and the greater the attention they have, the more they can get paid. So, I don't know who the most famous person is on Instagram right now. I think at one point it was uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, or it bounced back and forth between him and Kim, Kim Kardashian, or uh, uh, maybe even Dan Bilzerian. I don't know, but any of these guys with a massive audience, uh, they get sponsorship deals. It's easy for them to promote a movie. Like, if they have a role for a film, if they have the choice between. Wayne Johnson and an unknown name who's younger that has a following of, I don't know, half a million followers versus The Rocks, whatever it is, 30, 40, 50 million followers. They know that when the movie gets out for promotion, the people following him will get will see the promotion in his feed, sort of thing. So being able to command an audience can pay you a lot of money. Plus, you get paid for the movie, you get paid for sponsorships, you get paid for any products you create, like a tequila brand, shoes, even. Whatever it happens to be, thing with athletes, right? Uh, Michael Jordan is rich as fuck because of his career, um, because he was getting the attention of a lot of people. There's Netflix specials on guys like this. Like, if you're a guy like um, Tyson Fury, uh, David Beckham, Michael Jordan, like, not only do you have your sports career, you have your retirement career where you can now sell your stories for books, for films, and things like that. You get the point, right? If you have the attention of people, uh, I mean, you lose privacy as one of the consequences of that. But if you have the attention of people, then you will get paid well, very, very well, in fact. Um, there's disadvantages of all of these, by the way, which I'll explain in a minute. But the, the next one would be high-ticket sales, right? Um, when I was a teenager, I used to work at a stereo store. And for every TV, DVD player system, surround sound setup that, you know, that would get set up or sold or whatever, i get paid a commission. And the commission was peanuts. It was like 100, 150, like less than 200 bucks most of the time uh, per pay cycle. I made more money on the hourly rate than I did on the the commission. But the notion of commission as it existed at the time, I didn't think about, oh, well, if I can sell something, then if I can sell a stereo or a set of speakers, why don't I fucking sell something that costs 5 million or 10 million or 50 million or 100 million or a billion dollars because you get paid a percentage of that. I'm telling you this right now. High ticket sales pays very well. If you're, if you're selling private jets, if you're selling yachts, if you're selling expensive real estate, if, that, if that's the market you're going to niche into, you'll get paid very, very well. Um, they have these shows on Netflix where these annoying as hell women sell real estate in California. What's it called? Selling sunsets? Somebody tell me in the chat. And it's like, you know, you'll see like the listing price. And it's like the commission is $600,000. it's like $600,000 is the commission rate on something that big and so grand. All you have to do is flip a few of those per year and you're set. You're making a few million bucks per year. It is it is a path to wealth. Um, so if you're good at sales, sales should be expensive. Simple. Next one is STEM. stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Maths. You're a rocket engineer for Elon Musk. Uh, you're researching uh, a cure for cancer, Neuralink, something, you know, for Musk. Or one of his projects or uh, you know things like that. You can get paid very, very well. Um, you know, these are in six figures for sure. Like I said earlier, I've, I've I've talked to several guys on coaching consults that work for the fan companies. It's interesting because these guys get paid really, really well, but they're so bad. For they're so bad. Um, and they make eight, nine hundred thousand dollars a year, and they just get screwed over by these. Sh- run them, right? Just, I don't know, man. If, if there was a way to get to these guys before they went and screwed up their life, they could save a lot of money. But anyway, um, you know, these guys make seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, uh, some of the comp plans can be well into seven figures, depending on uh, stock share options and all that kind of stuff. But they get paid paid super well. And then the last one, which we'll get into uh, in, in more detail next week on the next uh, Unplugged Alpha, is entrepreneurship. And out of everything that I've mentioned, it's it, it continues to be my preferred path. And as every year goes by, I think the value of it being the preferred path increases dramatically. I'll give you one example right now. Um, I think over the last few years, especially – the scamdemic and the beard bug and the wokeness and the BLM and the George Floyd and all this like all this stuff that's happening um, companies are now as a function of embracing and endorsing and virtue signaling to the world how inclusive they are and how much they love rainbows and people that cut off their body parts because they want to identify with whatever it is that they want to identify and pronouns and all the stuff People in these fields that I've been mentioning are being forced to comply with many of these agendas. So while you might make a lot of money as a doctor or uh, an athlete, even like we've seen athletes um, scrap with management, you know, with the team um, over forced, you know, the clot shots, you know, not wanting to take it versus taking it and losing work. Um, that's not forced upon you as an entrepreneur, especially if you set up a business the way that I describe in the School of Entrepreneurship, where uh, you have the ability to maneuver, it's easy, it's lucrative, it's fun. You can run it from anywhere in the world. There's no employees that are required the way that you structure it. Um, When you set it up properly and you've contemplated all these things in the design and engineering of what you're building, you have something that is Very profitable, very fun, very maneuverable. can be dealt with from anywhere in the world. So I'll get into those details a little bit more um, in the next week's cast. I don't want to rip on this too much, um, but let's get to the Q&A segment. Again, the link for call-ins and asking a question is the StreamYard link. It's pinned at the top. Click it. Um, I'll get you in. Ask me any question. I mean, ideally, as it's related to this uh, show, obviously, but... You can ask me anything. The other thing that I want to remind you guys of is I do get emails from some of the dumbest people I've, you know, I have to read emails from, like I've legit set up a folder now in my Gmail to store and accumulate, uh, retarded emails, you know, essentially. And, you know, guys would be like, oh, you're wrong about this and you're wrong about that and you're... You know, like this that and the other thing. Sometimes it's just stupid things like, "Oh, you're encouraging people to ride a motorcycle, and that's, that's dangerous." Okay, geek. <clears throat> if you have a legit disagreement, you don't like something that I've talked about, and you have a better solution, this is the place and time to do it, guys. It's in the Q and A segment. Bring your disagreement to my show with your solution, and let's chop it up and let's hear what you got. Again, link for Streamyard is pinned in to the top. I'm going to run the ad reel, take a quick uh, swig of my tea, and we'll come back and do the Q&A. I'll be back in like a minute and a half. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplements and Grondike Soap Company. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplements. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible, so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China in plastic bottles, mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code ALPHA10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Then, I use Tactical Soap and God of War Beard Oil every day. Tactical Soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bio-identical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top YouTube comment of all my videos. Now let's get on with the show. All right, guys. That link to call in and ask questions is live. You can click it and join in. I'm gonna to go to the uh, live chat and see what we got over here while I'm waiting for you guys to hop in. Yeah, Chris. Entrepreneurship is where it is at. It is uh, the the best and most rewarding path, in my opinion. Um, it just is. it It just can't. Um, it just can't. You know, compete with. Yeah, you can make a lot of money, you know, the stuff that I talked about there, but you know, when's the next lockdown gonna come where they force you to take some concocted uh, experimental job that they mixed up in two months? We saw how that worked out, right? How many, how many guys did I get emails from and DMs that were saying to me, Rich, I worked this job, I can't. I can't not take this job. What do I do? I have a mortgage to pay. I have a family to support. What do I do? This is, you know, this is not me. And they were forced to do it. Doctors, lawyers, like accountants, like guys. I know that it seems like water under the bridge and it's gone, but that was a test. They said jump. About 80% of the population said how high. If there's one thing that you can learn about human behavior by watching over the last several decades and throughout the entirety of history, if we're being honest, is that human beings as a species love to be ruled. We love a ruler. If it wasn't kings, it was some kind of emperor. It was some somebody, some kind of whatever of a higher power that ruled us. And then beyond that, they've also got religions that rule, right? So there's all these rulers that human beings love in their lives they love to be servants so again it's not for everybody but the pathway with the job ain't gonna cut it the pathway with the jobs that i mentioned there earlier they do work they are very well paid roberts some solid information absolutely um Airport in Vegas at the Amazon store with zero employees, just charge. Yeah, like like this is the strategy that these uh, large companies are trying to roll with today. Uh, airport in Vegas, they have an Amazon store with no employees, it just charges your credit card as you walk out. Um, they put these things in um, vending machines now, you know, a lot of the times in airports, so they don't have to have somebody sitting there uh, paying them $15, $16 an hour. And by the way, there's other issues with it beyond just paying them. There's benefits and you know you got to package them off and there's a theft and all that sort of stuff. Um, that hammer, yeah, that's right. I started $238 in my name 11 years ago. Today, I walked in and signed a deal on 160 k for two new vehicles. Entrepreneurship is a path. Yep. And Chris is a welder, by the way. Um, so setting up your own business in the trades and running it yourself can be very profitable. What's Matt got here? So with what you just said, you don't wish to share your info unless you can build 5k an hour sad face. See, that's just dumb shit, Matt. Um, this is the call in segment on my show. If you have a question, you can call in on my show and ask me for free. If you want my private time, then you have to book me for it. I, I always give away my time for free on every one of these shows. You have to be clicking the link over on YouTube. You're watching on Facebook. Head over to YouTube and click the link there. Don't complain. Don't be like that, man. Moff's not here. Uh, Moff's doing his show on Thursday night, and I am uh, doing the ladies' night show with him on Wednesday night at 8 p.m. The back-to-back shows on Monday night, killing me. Um, I was podcasting from seven, sometimes 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And, uh, it was just too much, way too much. So we moved ladies night to a different night of the week. I'd call in, but I've been drinking. <laughs> All right. Let's see what we got here. Wallberger, Justin, Mark. Okay. Guys, th- the stream yard link is there. Click it. Make sure you've got a good connection ideally had phones on and uh you know we'll get you guys in here all right uh justin how you doing buddy
1: hey i'm doing pretty good give me a uh, one sec
0: what you got for me tonight
1: hold up yeah i got your actual pretty good i got your actual video playing in the background i could hear you twice like a mimic
0: <laughs> yeah minimize that
1: yeah i did i got rid of it so, uh, I called in for two things. So right. first off Testament to your book, uh, and I apologize for like the light in the video right now, I got six monitors in front of me, so I can't really fix that issue. Um, so yeah, I wanted to give a Testament towards your book. I read your book. I want to say six, eight months ago when I first bought it mm. and, uh, it, it, it changed me a lot. Cause I had just gotten through like a pretty rough relationship. Girlfriend was cheating on me. Uh, you know, how did you find out she was
0: uh
1: well, I broke up with her and then next day you know I broke up with her for other reasons uh just not following my frame you know I was trying to do my own thing um and then she, i found out she was uh going on dates and you know hanging out with one of my best friend's friends so you know spinning plates hmm. but uh yeah and so that wasn't even that bad you know I don't have any confirmation or anything that uh you know she was fucking him or anything ooh that she was uh you know banging him or anything like that but uh you know i got into your content i started taking my work a little bit more seriously i run a couple of side businesses i trade full time i manage a small atm business mm-hmm. um you know and so uh you know i got into another relationship with this other girl you know eight you know pretty big girl and uh i started off real fine had good frame you know, made her fit into my frame, made her get rid of sorts of piercings and stuff like that fit to my schedule, lost frame, like four months into the relationship. And then she actually went and cheated on me with somebody else, you know, so I'm, I'm back on the grind now, realize I need to get uh, my stuff done. So right now what I do, I mentioned the so last two
0: girls you've been dealing with cheated on you.
1: Yep. Yeah. Pretty uh, big disaster. I think I lost frame. I think it's that simple. I think when uh, I got into the relationship, you know, my brother, my entire friends group, they all have long-term girlfriends. They've been dating for, you yeah. know, four or five years. And so I thought, you know, you'll find were these, the one.
0: Were these women a little bit older?
1: Okay. So the first one was like much was younger. Range. Yeah. So I'm 24 now. Mm-hmm. First one was 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. Second one was 26. So I went from dating somebody younger to me to dating somebody older than me. Mm -hmm. um yeah and so i think just what happened is you know i get into the relationship and then uh, i think uh she's the one and uh, i start to you know i don't want to say i definitely don't lose confidence i get more confident you know when when i'm in a relationship but uh you know i just think um i i allowed my happiness to rely on whether or not she was happy and that's something i'll never do again you know, I, I have to be happy myself. Uh, I didn't even really call in for relationship advice. I know that's what this, uh, no, that's fine. But I wanted to talk about
0: something since about. you, since you brought it up. Cause, because I added another red flag to the red flag chapter. There's 21. And you know, by the way, you can, the, the email list has it updated. So if you guys are on the email list, you can download the newest version of it with the extra red flag. But one of them is women that won't follow your lead and enter your frame. And I think that yeah. You can test for that really early on. You don't have to wait six months to find out that she's not going to follow your lead. You know, you don't have to wait eight months to find out that she's not going to enter your frame and be a compliment to your life and try to be the focus of it. You can find out out pretty early on. Like a simple test, like, "Hey, baby, you know, before you come over tonight, do me a solid. Grab that uh, bottle bottle of red wine that I like." Simple thing, you know, just to test her to see if she's going to comply with a simple request. Because as life goes on with this girl, you know, if you're if you're going to want her to be a compliment to your life you're going to have her doing things with you and for you right so you just dismiss them early on you know before you even get into the you know the hey where do we stand i dig your vibe i don't see anybody else right now you know we going to be exclusive sort of thing and again you know she's the one that asked that question that's why i added the extra red flag in that chapter so decide those things early on rather than waiting months into it because i guarantee it, like you probably noticed it happened a few times where you try to set some sort of boundary or said no, and, you know, she pushed beyond it. And that's simply a chick that's not going to respect your boundaries. And Believe your it frame. or not,
1: this is actually pretty interesting. So, you know, I've been following your channel for a little while and, uh, you know, I read your book and um, I actually did both of those things. You know, I would uh, I did the exact trick that you were talking about, you know, mm-hmm. just uh, I'll left my wallet in the truck and you get this coffee. Yeah. or you know i she'd be on her way over i'd be like oh can you stop at duncan you know get me a breakfast sandwich in the morning on a saturday you know occasionally kind of test her to see if she's willing to go out of her way you know to do things with me and i did that with uh both of them you know so that was like you know they, again, passed that? they did both of them pass continuously passed though. that test continuously
2: yeah.
1: though. uh you know what maybe not continuously throughout the whole relationship. I would say early on, like, because the I mean, second, it
0: changes as time goes on, right? As the relationship exactly. develops, it's, Hey, you know, you're going to the grocery store to get some stuff. Can you grab my dry cleaning while you're there? You know, here's a receipt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's as the relationship goes on, the longer and longer I date them, I, I test them less versus mm-hmm. the testing needs to get more intense.
0: See, this is a great mistake that that guys make with long-term relationship is they don't realize the amount of work that's involved. There's less work involved to spin plates and date multiple women simultaneously. There's just less work because if you're a top shelf guy and you've got options, it's pretty easy because if they just misbehave or they don't align with something you're doing, then you don't have time for them. You know, you make time for somebody else. Whereas with a chick in a long-term relationship, you know, if early on she was doing things like. I don't know, making your bed in the morning before she left and she stopped doing that, then that's when you have to basically say, hey, you know, the things that got you in the door here, you know, the things that, uh, you know, helped me choose you were what you were doing early on. You can't be stopping that stuff, right? Like you have to continue doing that, right? So you have to hold them accountable to certain standards. So so that guidance that you have to do is is work. And that's more work than just being like, I'll just call the other girl sort of thing, right? Because you don't care. Because there's no investment at that point.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway, um, you also had a question for me as well, too.
1: Yeah. So I did have a question for you. So, yeah. uh, so I manage a couple of side businesses. For the most part, I trade full time. I'm trying to become, uh, like a full time market technician. I'm also studying. You know, I thought I was, I was checking off things as you were making your list about, you know, the five or six paths to wealth. And uh, I've got a couple of them checked off. So trading's nice because again, it's a one man business. I make my own hours. I can trade all day. I trade futures contracts. Um, I'm also working on getting my SIE certifications, which allow me to be a stockbroker, hedge fund manager. Yeah, so you know? be a licensed so,
0: professional then. Yep,
1: exactly. Yeah. I also make a decent amount of money playing music. So uh I'm I'm in Philadelphia. And so I'm a part of like the Philadelphia Mummers. So you've probably cool. never heard of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a really old standing, you know, folk parade. But it's a really niche uh kind of jazz and blues music but it's cool because you get also, you know we get paid higher than any other type of musician in the country you know i hear uh people calling in on your podcast all the time about, oh how do i make it playing music uh you know it's exactly what you say your network is your net worth you know i'm practically in a guild of over a thousand musicians guys call me all the time for small combo jobs i go out and i play 20 minutes and i make 150 dollars mm. You know, um, and so I know a lot of I know guys who have toured with the Beach Boys. I was hanging out with a, uh, a guy from New Orleans over the weekend who's, uh, you know, a world renowned musician, giving me private lessons and stuff. Um, so I'm definitely hitting my grind. I'm trying to focus. I'm not even focusing on Dayton right now after that last uh, breakup. It's not even on the horizon for the moment being. But the question I had for you is uh, I have a friend who owns a fairly successful detailing business. He's doing, you know, over 10000 15000 a month. He's got mm-hmm. a couple of dealerships that he's working with. He's mm-hmm. got a couple of teams. And so uh, him and I will get. Yep. Yeah. high yeah, end okay. Cars. Yeah. And so uh, him and I will get together all the time and just kind of jump ideas off of each other. Um, and he said to me the other day, oh, we should start a podcast, you know, about keeping your frame when you're a young entrepreneur and you're still trying to make it. So I wasn't sure if, what do you think about the market marketability of something like that, where it's two young guys who own their own businesses, who are trying to make it, but they're dealing with the day-to-day, you know, struggle of keeping yourself focused.
0: You know, there's so many podcasts out there on so many different topics, and there's no shortage of people that are willing to listen to them. Yeah. So, you know, the only way to find out is to just, start all right to start to start, start broadcasting set a schedule uh have your talking points ready make sure it's 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 on point and then the other thing that you got to do too is you got to be committed to it i would say commit it commit to it at least six to eight months you know i had um you know the youtube channel psych Hacks?
1: no i never heard of them.
0: um orion taraband so psych Hacks is a pretty popular channel it's had some really good growth over the last year for them but for years he was doing it with no growth. You know, I okay. had him on my plane to win podcast. He was like, you know, for, I think he said it, at least two years, you know, he was he was doing videos on a regular basis, consistent basis, weekly, bang, 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 bang. And it's like nothing took off for him until that one video that the algorithms liked and just started building his channel from then. So one of the mistakes people make when it comes to creating content is they stop. And, you know, like I can look at the uh, growth curve of my main YouTube channel um, on entrepreneurs and cars and May 23rd, 2014 is when I uploaded my first video. Um, I'll tell the story about how I remember the date some other time, but for two and a half to three years after that video, it was mostly crickets. So not everybody has like a parabolic growth curve, right? I mean, there are some people that can start up a, a podcast or a YouTube channel. And it goes parabolic. Um, right place, right time with luck. You know, just the right formula sort of, sort of happens to stumble into it in the right genre as well. So it could be a, a two to three year stint. It could be two to three weeks and it just blows up. But the thing now, is, is you have to commit to it, stay on schedule, stay on point and keep building.
1: Now, do you think uh, YouTube would be... The best platform to go, or Spotify, or do I would
0: I would broadcast everywhere. So I use okay. Streamyard, which I don't know if it's working properly tonight. I'm going to have to listen to the recording afterwards to see why the audio sucks.
1: Yeah, the audio is pretty messed up. Now it's good. It's good now. You took okay. the ad break. It's been good.
0: Okay, so I'm not sure if there's a loose connection or it's just Streamyard itself. But um, 99% of the time, it works really well. Right. So um, you just plug in your uh, show in the StreamYard, you put a thumbnail on it, you can broadcast it to LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Rumble. I mean, you can send it everywhere, basically. And then when it's done, you can download the audio audio recording, uh, put an ad in it, you know, if you want, and then upload it to Spotify, all the other podcast uh, platforms. So you only work once, but it distributes it everywhere. That's the cool thing about a platform like StreamYard, if you're going to go and broadcast your ideas. Right. So put it on video, put it on audio and just slam it out there and see where, see where people watch it the most, you know, wherever they're going to consume it the most, make sure that that gets the most attention.
1: Perfect. Thank you, Rich.
0: All right, man. See you, bud. Yep. Great. Uh, son of Krypton. (laughs) I got to give son of Krypton something here. Uh, I want to ask about the main, the end game as men get older. Okay, cool. All right, man. Ask away. Hey, Rich, can you hear me? Yeah.
2: So um, I wanted to ask you, like everything that you talk about, I mean, I actually listen to it. I think I have a pretty good grasp about it. You know, me making money, having a good job and everything. Spinning plates in your 30s and 40s, that's fine. But then what is the end game for men when they go older, like 50 and 60? What do you think should be the end game? If you have money... Define you have end else,
0: game to me, to me, so I understand what you
2: mean. I mean... You know, even if you're in your 50s and 60s and you end up with women when they're when they're like 25 and 30 mm-hmm. and they still cheat on you and they still flake on you, mm-hmm. you know, you got to be there for them for money. You got to be there for them for, you know, about vining them, dining them and everything. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what is the man supposed to do in that age when, when he gets to that age, you know?
0: Okay, so you're talking about the end game as it relates to women and relationships.
2: I guess so, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, Look, man, like here's the thing. Like I'm a product of the seventies, right? You know, people ask me how old I am. I just say, you know, I was born in the seventies. So, you know, you can figure it out, but I'm I'm getting close to that demographic. Um, yeah. what's the end game? I don't know. What's the best way to answer that? Aside I mean from... I mean
2: to I mean to give you an example of somebody who is rich and famous. I mean, I mean like DiCaprio, he's in his forties. Yeah, and he's been dating women all through his thirties and everything. But then, when he's going to go to the age of like fifty and sixty, eventually he would probably need to settle down with a woman. He would probably need to sim for her and then have babies with her if he wants to do it. I don't know if he wants to do it. He's like the alpha male or something who probably doesn't have to do any of that shit. He can probably live to like eighty or ninety and then just keep dating models and everything. You know, I think that's the way to go.
0: It 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 really depends on how you structured your life. How well you've unplugged from society's comforting lies, what your objectives are and what your goals are. Um, because when you ask me the question, you know, I think about it, I'm like, who fucking cares? Right? Like she's there, she's not there. I mean, do I want my girlfriend to be there in the future? Yeah, I like her, I dig her vibe, but if she chooses not to be there, I'll be okay with that too, right? Yeah. Um, as far as like a guy like Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, if you look at famous actors like uh, like Robert De Niro, um, Al Pacino, they're both old as shit. Like they're in their 70s and 80s and they both just had kids.
2: Yeah. Right? And then I think Pacino is going through some problems with this girl and everything about. The Who cares? Kids he's like, dude, he's got so
0: much money. He's yeah. just like, whatever, I've scattered my seed one more time. I've got I don't know how many kids he got now, seven or eight or something like that. Right. So it's like he just gives the 20 year old, you know, whatever she needs. She wants to bounce. He doesn't give a fuck. He's 80. Right. Um, You know, the fact that he's able to reproduce even at 80s, he's probably just happy with that. So I think that the question is, what is it that matters to you and how do you want to engineer your life so that when you're older, you know, as you say, like as men grow older, you're getting what you want out of life. Like I'm pretty sure Leonardo DiCaprio has a plan. I've never seen him interviewed. I've never seen him answer questions around this that I'm aware of. If somebody's aware of it, send me the interview or the article or whatever's out there. But I've never seen it. But if I were to venture a guess, I would probably say Leonardo DiCaprio is probably the kind of guy that will that will start popping out a bunch of kids, mm-hmm. uh, maybe with one woman, maybe with multiple women, and yeah. even at that point, I doubt that he's going to be faithful to them because. That's how he's run his entire life. Or you could just get to the point where he's like, fuck it. I don't care. I've already, you know, slept with a bunch of women. I've seen everything. This, you know, this one here is ten out of ten. Right. So I'm gonna dedicate, you know, any spare time that I feel like jamming into that with her. So
2: I mean, you can you can also take the example of Messi. I mean, Messi was in love with the girl since it was since since his childhood Mm. and then they have a family and dave they have kids he's got like tons of money he's worth like what 350 million dollars or something Mm. or four so i mean you can also have those kind of lifestyle where you can have a family value and you can also have a career but it's very hard for men to actually find that kind of woman nowadays because i mean in the past if you want to be spoiled for
0: choice if you want to find that kind of woman like if there's a unicorn cut kind of woman that you uh idealized? No, no, they're not. The, they're
2: not. Cause I've been dating women in the past two years. I've been with like five, six women and dude, every single game plan turns to shit And yeah. she starts flaking and when she starts so then you doing just her women her. thing, you know, I mean, yeah, you, so just, you, you just, just replace, replace her. her. It's yeah. like every woman I've been with, whether it's somebody I've been seeing for like two months. Or yeah, but I mean, I've like here's the thing is months, that it's is it, is it
0: sounds like to me, like you're investing too heavily in the notion that it's going to turn into something. And, you know, I said this earlier today on, uh, Twitter. Um, hang on a second. Let me just dig it up. Cause there was this, there was this viral clip that just went nuts on Twitter, uh, with some girl that was being interviewed and she said something along the lines of, um, I need, uh, guy to spend at least $200 on a first date. And the guy interviewing her was like, well, you know, what are you doing for the $200? She said, well, you get my presence. You know, I have to spend money on makeup and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. where is it here? Uh, Man, this timeline gets so uh, congested here on Twitter X. I keep calling it Twitter even though it's X. Anyway, the point that I was making is that you want to choose women and mm-hmm. invest in women that are that that show you that they're worth something first. Otherwise, they're worth nothing. Right. I like I can spend $2000 on a date, on a first date if I want. I don't give a fuck. She, she doesn't get a dime of that. She gets a coffee or a drink. If, I, if I'm if i single and I'm going out dating, she gets a coffee or drink because that's, that's all I have time for. I have one hour for them to demonstrate to me that they're worth me taking them out again because mm-hmm. that's who I am and that's where I see myself. And they're going to see that value because of how I hold myself out to the world. So if she's into that, if she's Following that lead, if she's entering my frame, if she wants to spend more time with me, if she shows she has genuine burning desire, then I'll spend more time with her. But if she's flaky, if she's disinterested, if you have to spend $200 to take me out a day, get fucked. Get f- I, have, I have options and I'm busy and I have things to do, right? So the point that I'm making here, my friend, is Focus on you, focus on yourself, build yourself up so that you're in a position so that things like this don't bother you. You don't, you don't contemplate what's the end game as I get older, right? You know that you have options because there's no end to life. Like, you know, for me as it stands right now, I don't see an end game to anything in my life. I don't see an end game to me not working, not traveling, like any of these things. Like I'll, like I'll do it as long as I'm physically healthy enough to do it. And I'm in great shape and I take care of myself. So I see that as a very long runway. Right. So I think this is more about turning around, you know, like 180 degrees and rethinking the way that you're approaching getting older and looking at women. Does that make sense?
2: It does. I mean, I'm, I'm in my forties. I'm like 42 right now. I Mm. have a six figure job. I'm Closing in about half a million dollars in investments and everything. So I have like a 10 to 15 year plan. What do I want to do? But I'm just thinking when I'm 60 and 65, I mean, am I still going to be spinning plates? If I, if well, I what do you want to spa do? Spa? Do you want to
0: have kids? Do you want to spin plates? Do you want to rack up notches? Do you want to well, I
2: already room? have a son? When I was younger, I have a son. So I'm yeah. probably working so bad when he grows up and I, te- and I tell him about the Red Bull stuff all the time. He's 12 yeah. and he knows so much shit about it that I'm just, it just scares me that I didn't know about it. When Good. I was twenty-five, that he knows at the age of twelve. So, mm-hmm. I, so, so I want him to grow up as a man who's some who's somebody who knows about the. Okay, but do uh, you want to have more kids? About the women. No. Fuck
0: okay. No. Okay, so that's fine. So. <laughs> so children I kind of are... focus
2: on my son, but then okay. I'm thinking about. I, I want to make money for him. I want to be able to settle down for. No, no, life. don't,
0: don't ever make money for your children. Show them, like you never give your kids fish. You show them how to fish.
2: Yeah. Of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Spend I the just money spend on 20 yourself.
0: 20. Spend the money on your life. Uh, I am enjoy I am, I it, am but but show them how to and, fish.
2: Uh, I I was just thinking about like when you're 60 and 65, and if you're still are not able to find the right woman, do you have to keep spinning plates until you drop dead, or like what the plan is? I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think you're. It still sounds to me like you're too invested in women and making them a part of you, feeling some level of accomplishment as you get older, like the end game, like. To me the notion of end game I guess, is like I guess the finish the thing line is
2: that you know when when it comes to women now i don't know what they bring to the table besides sex right they don't really bring anything they don't fucking bring anything besides so why drama do you care about them so
0: much so why do you care about them so much if, because if i guess that's all you're saying it's
2: it's just the way that my parents were or my grandparents were yeah. the family values and stuff and, and yeah but that's
0: cultural though right
2: i thought it was everywhere whether in the us or in the mid east or something i think mm. families were there and they were together for the sake of their kids mm-hmm. but now women have their own agenda about oh if everything has to be about me 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 and i yeah, know man because women Sorry. have
0: changed like uh, <laughs> it's funny that because there's a chapter in my next book where i describe this avatar of becky right and it's like yeah. this you know this You're avatar is like the modern woman And she has her own job. She doesn't need no man. She's got her own apartment. It's furnished the way that she likes it. She has her friends. She has her, you know, her sisters and her little network and they do their stuff together. And it's like they keep hearing from all these different angles. A woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. And it's like, look, if 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 that's the vast majority of the women out there and they're not suitable for long-term relationships, then just accept it. You know, surrendering to the reality of the world is a skill that you have to learn as an unplugged man. The sun is hot. Water is wet. I cannot breathe if I tried to walk into the ocean underwater. If I stay out in the sun, I will get a sunburn and I will pay the price for that. So you have to surrender to certain realities of the world. And One of the realities of the world that we live in today is women are really not the greatest anymore. They're not generally marriage type of material. Uh, Fewer and fewer of them are are worthy of a long-term relationship or inviting into your life in a long-term basis. So just accept that for what it is. Do your thing, chase excellence, spend time with your kid, hang out with a network of top shelf men, do cool shit with them, right? That's part of the reason why I created my community. These guys wanted to do cool shit and hang out with top shelf men. So if a girl comes along that fits your frame and is a compliment to it, not the focus of your life. And she comes to you and says, Hey, son of Krypton, you know, we've been seeing each other for a while. Um, I'm not seeing anybody else. Where do we stand? You know, where's this going? I really dig your vibe. And you look at her and she's like, okay, she's got none of the red flags or she's got one and she's really working on it. Right. Like she's serious about, you know, being this, a good compliment. To your life. you your like, that's when you sit back girl. and go,
2: okay, yeah.
0: maybe I'll contemplate it
2: see the funny thing is that there was this one girl that was really nice and everything but uh um, the physical connection and everything the sex it wasn't there it's just it's just weird like some of the women you yeah. have the best sex with they are crazy as shit <laughs> i don't know how else to put it it's just the way things are and then some of the women it, who is are nice it is what and so supportive and you don't feel shit with them in bed it's like what the hell is going on man why can't i find and, that one woman where you feel everything with her yeah it's and,
0: it, and it's and it's very difficult to find that all in one check so I'll wrap it up on this note because I've got a few other people that I got to take into. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, as as women get older, because you're forty two, so what age range do you normally date in? Um, uh,
2: the youngest I was with was like twenty two. Yeah. Not over thirty for sure. So everything everyone was like between twenty two and thirty.
0: Twenty two, okay, thirty. So like as like as women get older, and you're dating relatively young, which is good for you, but as they tend to get older, they tend to accumulate more and more baggage. Yes. Right he hurt me. He cheated on me. He pushed me down the stairs. He was a drug addict. He was an alcoholic. He did this or that. And, you know, and then as they get older, they have, you know, more opportunities to be with more men. They often become single mothers more often. They can have STDs more often. They have more abortions more often. It's like all of this shit that they carry around is just baggage and they bring it into your life. And it's like, you don't need any of that right? Like if you're a man on a grind, you're putting a dent in the universe, you're successful. You don't need that weighing you down. You just don't. So again, you just look at it for what it is. Water is wet. The sun is hot. Treat things as they are. Don't expect them to be something that they're not because they never will be right. Like you can't have the expectation of a chick that's shared her body with 20 guys, had two abortions, uh, got beat up by one boyfriend. Had a DV, false DV, like all these things that pile up in their life in their head to be good long term relationship material, right? Like you need woman, you need women that hold themselves to standards and are accountable. And very yeah. few women can do that today because they're told not to.
2: Yep, absolutely, sir. Thank Makes you sense. so much, Ray. Appreciate it, sir. Anyway, man,
0: thanks for popping in. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's a conversation that that guys often have where it's just like. What's the end game? You know, it's difficult for me. How do I find this girl? And it's like, I don't have an answer for it other than spin plates, date non-monogamously, let the cream rise to the top, choose women that choose you. You know, she comes to you and says, you know, all those things that I talk about. Hey, I dig your vibe. I'm not seeing anybody else. Other guys are invisible. Where do we stand? Where's this going? And then you evaluate her at that time. And if she's good for long-term type of relationship, do what you want. Commit to her, don't commit to her uh, keep it open on your end, close on her end. I don't care. The thing about being a man and, 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 and being alive is we don't have a lot of autonomy in our lives, but what you do in your own life, the only part of the universe that you can control is yourself. So decide how you want to structure your life and a woman or women, if you want to invite them into it, that's entirely up to you. You set the fucking ground rules. I mean, A lot of people do it and you're in a better position to do all of these things, by the way, if you're a high value man, Uh, you can't be making certain like you can't be acting like Leonardo DiCaprio if you're not Leonardo DiCaprio, right? He's in his 40s, close to 50 now. You can't be dumping girls when they hit 25 or 26, whatever the line in the sand is that he dumps them, generally speaking. You can't be doing that and then replacing them like that or having a queue of them lined up or dating a bunch of them simultaneously if you're not Leonardo DiCaprio, right? So, again, you're going to have more options in your life to make more and better choices if you're squared away as a guy. Chase excellence. Put your dent in the universe. Do the damn work. Um, <clears throat> Losing my voice again. Let me give it to Andreas here. Are you my friend Hi, from Chile? Chile. Welcome. Exactly.
3: You're the doctor. Hi. Exactly, I'm a physician here, it's still uh, unspecialized. So uh, I'm I'm just a general physician working in uh, emergency room here cool. in Chile, in, in the capital. All right.
0: What do you got for me tonight?
3: Okay, so uh, I have this crazy story that I I divorced a narcissist wife that who I gave too much to her and recently i just ended a relationship with my with a earphone that ended up cheating on me okay and uh now i live alone here in a city far away from my friends and family and i am just trying to find a way that to win more money to pay my high debts and and also unplug and be better because this is just starting i mean i I see myself and I see all the stuff I did. And when I see your content that just a few months, I started seeing your videos and started repealing on all this. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I still, I am plugged in blue-pilled beta mail. I mean, I still have a lot of work to do. I have to get feed. I got to find a way to get more money, but I hear at least in Chile, uh, being a physician, like me, it's not the way.
0: How much does it pay uh, in uh, Chile?
3: I mean, right now in a good month, I like four hundred k. I mean, here the minimum wage uh, and is to you that converting to USD? Uh, no, it is like for, like four hundred k for for, thousand four thousand dollars.
0: Four four thousand dollars USD. USD a month. Okay, and what is yeah. it cost? Like, do you have a mortgage or do you rent? I have a mortgage and an apartment
3: in another uh-huh. city, and um, I'm covering it because it's the, the the apartment is is on rent. Yeah, uh, but I have made because of the marriage and, and and a lot of other stupid financial decisions. I am in high debt, so I have to work extra extra shifts. Uh, Where did the debt um, come from? Uh, uh, student primar- loans? Or? Primarily from um, uh, the the mortgage uh, and the marriage.
0: So you're All paying, those things. You're paying what? Her credit card debt? Or is there a portion of the marriage debt? Like the matrimonial liabilities that you had to pay for? The
3: matrimonial liabilities. Exactly. So. Okay. Well, um, how much
0: is that? It's like uh, 40K. forty k, forty thousand dollars. But you're not you're not too badly off, man. Like, how old are you? I'm uh, twenty eight. Yeah, I mean, at 28, 40,000, you make four grand. Like, I've I've had people that came into my debt business with eighty thousand dollars plus in debt, and they were, you know, they were pretty much close to the end of their career. Um, bad choices, breakups, divorce. Yeah, this. This shit happens, um, guys. In your position, Andreas, if you can work in the states, can get paid a lot more money. Yes, now, I mean the problem with that though is the women in the U.S. aren't better. I'm just being honest with you. You're probably going to find the women in Chile will be more feminine, and if you have you know good strong presidents and good frame, uh, you'll probably find that you'll have a better time with them. But Women in North America, like, have you ever been to the States? Never still. Uh, Yeah. Like all the stuff that I talk about with like the wokeness and the, Mm -hmm. like the obese, like America is one of the fattest places in the world. It's like from a a disqualifying factor, like if you don't like obese women, the vast majority of women are categorically like in that realm somewhere. Like there's not a lot of fit women, but if you're doing well, you're making good money, you got some style, you got some game, you have a little swagger in your life, you're interesting, you're captivating, you do cool shit, you're, I mean, you're in a good line of work, obviously, you know, so you get paid well, and doctors are considered fairly prestigious to women in North, North America, especially in the States. You could do well, so I mean, if I were you, I mean, if you can find a way to get into the United States, I still think it's one of the best places in the world, even though it has got some woke bullshit to it. But if you find yourself in one of the mm-hmm. states that are more like a red state, Texas, Florida, Tennessee, Kentucky, you know, stuff like that, um, you probably find you'll have a good time there.
3: Okay, so that's fine because here in Chile, eh, like this woke culture is like really getting on. Like, um, I, in college, eh, like, uh, a lot of people I know got Me
0: Too uh, also um, it's gonna and, be worse in the US. Uh, it, it, it's gonna be it a just, lot worse in the US. I can uh, tell you I that can, right imagine. I can imagine I can mean, imagine. Like you have yeah. to know what it is so that you can navigate it properly so you don't get me too and stuff like that. Of course it's a game and, that they play, right? It's you know, it's to, mm-hmm. to disqualify you, it's to get you fired, it's to extract money from you, it's any number of those things like Uh, that baseball player, uh, Trevor, I can't remember his name, but he was, he was me too. He was accused of um, assaulting a woman that basically set him up, uh, did all the court stuff, proved her wrong. He he can't play baseball in the major league baseball leagues. He's in Japan now and he's stuck there. Uh, She lied about it. So these things do happen and they do target, um, you know, people that they can either extort money from, because her plan was to try to get him to settle, right? Like her plan was Mm -hmm. to make the accusation and then get him to pay her money. And he said, fuck that. You're not getting a dime. I'm going to fight this and prove you prove that you're wrong. He never got his job back playing baseball in the States. I don't even know if he sued the MLB, but if I was him, I would sue their asses in the stone age because that was completely offside. But that's the reality of the world that, you know, we live in. So Mm -hmm. I know that the woke culture and like, all that toxic feminism is is going beyond borders. Like it's everywhere now, right? It's just worse in some place than the other. I'm just letting you know, yeah, you'll make a lot more money doing what you do in the U.S., but you're going to be dealing with more of the woke culture and, you know, the potential more of the me-toos and all that sort of stuff that can ruin guys. Well, I, I never thought of that getting out actually getting out of
3: chile so but i, well, I, mean, I you speak really, english
0: pretty good and you obviously speak spanish and spanish and english are hmm. very popular in the us so it's a good fit right from that perspective
3: thanks um so i i realized a lot so also watching your videos that uh, the the proportionality of the wage like uh, like here uh, for 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 grant a month mm-hmm. is like a, a great a great salary, but there in 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 America, not at all. What right? Four thousand uh, dollars isn't that much in the states. Exactly, but here is like a, a good tier salary. And I am just starting this process. I want to get to financial freedom. I want to uh, get out of debt, and I want to uh, stay the away way, from. That-
0: Debt doesn't follow you to another country. Debt doesn't follow you to another country. That sounds good. So you can do with that information what you want. Never thought of it.
3: Thanks. Um, But
0: yeah, work on yourself, lose the weight, you know, get your frame sorted out, make sure you understand, you know, women actually respond to not, you know, what you've been told they're supposed to go for. But, uh, it's a mystery for a lot of young men, and especially young professional men that are in a line of work where you can get paid quite well and it's a prestigious job. Like you can be a target for um, women that are crazy. And, you know, like I said to the last guy, the older women get, the more baggage they have, and the more crazy that exists. I think something like um, one in five women now um, under the age of 35 are on antidepressants. Um, you might have noticed this. And I'd be curious because I have a couple of friends that are doctors in the States and the idea of tattoos and piercings, I don't know how popular they are in Chile, but we were talking about this privately. And he said there is a direct correlation between women with mental illness and with the number of tattoos they have on their body, right? I mean... This is something
3: i see always in the emergency room i mean there's always uh two o'clock in a.m some girl that popped him a, a ton of pills because she wanted to kill herself and and you can see the the big toenails the the piercings and mm-hmm. it's it's a kind of woman i mean mm-hmm. uh, you see all the size of her the the boyfriend saying doctor is she gonna be okay and yes it's gonna be fucking okay man
0: (laughs) so this is what i'm talking about watch people's behavior don't believe Mm -hmm. the fairy tales uh you know love and romance and fairies and rainbows and butterflies and all that bullshit and princes and prince charming and stallion like watch what women do watch what men do watch what businesses so don't listen to what people say watch what they do and if you can start with that as part of the unplugging process then you'll then you'll have a better understanding of the world and how you fit in it and how they're going to respond to you based on what you do um yeah it's a process man it's like you know the stuff i talk about in my book and my podcast and all these things like the point of these podcasts is really just to build on every version of the last podcast and the last update of the book or the new book that comes out sort of thing. So I'm just trying to be helpful with it that way. Anyway, did I answer your question? Yes, a, a lot of insight. Thank cool. you. thanks man, see you buddy. Cheers. Um, all right, I think on that note, we'll probably uh, get to wrapping it up. Uh, Sam says, hey Rich, my coworker found a shoe print in the headliner of his wife's luxury car She knew nothing. How does that happen? Well, I would take a look at the shoe print and see if it's about the size of an adult male shoe print. Then I think you know what happened. Let's not pretend like it didn't happen, right? Um, Yeah, like one of the things I learned from law and lawyers is that evidence, when, when shit is happening, Underneath your nose and you don't see it. Evidence has a way of coming to you. And when it does, you do not ignore it. You just don't ignore it. It's a good life lesson there. Um, Again, guys, so for these kinds of shows to remind you, I post the join link on YouTube. If you're watching on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, anywhere else, go over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel. That's where you get the link to call in and ask questions. I run a 90-minute show every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern. You do a monologue for a good 30, 40 minutes and then take call-in Q&A. You can bring questions to me on any topic you want or if you've got a disagreement and you have a better solution, bring that to the show and let's talk about it. Um, I'm open to all of those conversations. So thanks again for joining me tonight. It's been a blast uh, chopping this up with you. Again, make sure you're on my email list here, guys. And um, the School of Entrepreneurship is going to open October 1st. Um, if you're on the email list, you'll get the notification with the early bird special because I do a crypto discount only to my email list. So if you're on that, you'll get the best price there at Knox 500 bucks off the enrollment rate. All right. I think we're going to peace out and see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back on, uh, Wednesday at 8 PM Eastern for ladies night, brand new panel. We've got, um, a lady named Martha who seems to think that, uh, beauty Continues in a perpetuity at any age, which should be an interesting conversation. And tomorrow at 11 a.m., I've got um, uh, Mike from uh, the YouTube channel Accelerate. Uh, we'll be talking about a lot of cool stuff that's on a plane to win podcast. See you guys later. Peace out. All right, guys. If you enjoyed that podcast, make sure you visit my website at richcooper.ca to learn more about my courses, my book, The Unplugged Alpha Community or booking me for private coaching. Also, if you are a Canadian with $15,000 or more of credit card debt and what you are doing right now isn't paying off the balances, then visit totaldebtfreedom.ca and hit get a free quote to see if you qualify to settle your credit card debt for less than you owe today over the next 48 months. Make sure you check out the top pinned comment on YouTube for all.